We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Got an interesting question today. Okay. Just by the title, some people may be like, I don't know about this one, but here we go. The question was sent in, does Exodus chapter 21 promote slavery? All right. <clears throat> because in my Bible, it starts off, it says laws about slaves. Yeah, read a couple of verses there. Okay, here we go. So starting in just verse 1 of Exodus 21, now these are the rules that you shall set before them, being the Israelite Israelite people. Uh, When you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve six years, and in the seventh he shall go free for nothing. If he comes in single, he'll go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and children shall be her masters, and he shall go out alone. Man, this is rough stuff. Yeah, so so obviously today in our country, uh, our culture does does reject slavery, and we're much more humane to people. Hmm. However, uh, in Scripture, in Exodus, and in other places... Uh, slavery was part and parcel of the fabric of society, and so it was regulated okay. so that there would be fair treatment and kindness in the social institution of slavery instead of abuse. Uh, back in the Civil War era, some people exploited this and uh, continued the institution of slavery along with cruelty. Uh, Others were uh, owners of slaves and later freed them. Some were owners of slaves and were very kind to them. Most people Mm. did not own slaves. Most people were just poor people like everybody else. But um, in the New Testament... I was going to say, there's some slavery stuff in the New Testament, too. Where do you you take us? In the New Testament, when uh, Paul was really speaking about marriage and... um, remaining in a difficult marriage or marriage to an unbeliever if you were converted and your unbelieving husband or wife was not converted. Um, If you go to 1 Corinthians 7, verse uh, 21, read that for us. Uh, It says, Were you a slave when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of this opportunity. One more. For he who called in the Lord as a slave is freedman of the Lord. Likewise, he who is free when he was called is a slave of Christ. All right. So he's telling them if if they're a slave and they become a Christian, don't overly concern themselves with that. Hmm. And to go ahead and be the best kind of a slave you can and serve the Lord. 
Now, later now, in Paul's epistles... I was going to say, now, verse 23 says, You were bought with a price. Do not be slaves of men. What he means is don't willingly become slaves of men. Hmm. And, and I'll show you how I know that's what he means. Okay. Because if you go over to uh, Ephesians... Okay. And let's go to chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and verse 5, he says, You slaves... Obey those who, according to the flesh, are your masters with fear and trembling in sincerity of your heart as unto Christ, Hmm. not just with eye service as pleasing men, in other words, just when they're looking, but as slaves of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Uh, And, uh, you know, you're going to serve with a good attitude as to the Lord, not as to men. Right. Rendering service with goodwill is how they use it. All right, so, so this teaching that Paul gives was the teaching he gave to everyone. But if you go down to verse 9, mm-hmm. and you masters do the same in regard to them. Keep reading there. Uh, it says, stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours in heaven... Uh, and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality within him. All right. In other words, you're going to have to be a good, kind master and treat your people the right way. Um, If you go over to Colossians, Colossians. Okay. And we're going to go over here to chapter 3, verse 22. He says, you slaves, obey those who according to the flesh are your masters, not with just when they're looking as pleasing men, but mm-hmm. in sincerity of heart, uh, fearing the Lord. And whatever you do, work hard from the heart as for the Lord and not for men, uh, knowing that you will receive from the Lord the reward of your inheritance. You serve the Lord Christ. And then when you go down to chapter 4, verse 1, mm-hmm. Read that one for us. It says, uh, Masters, treat your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you have a master in heaven. All right, so how would you want God to treat you? You treat those people the same way. Hmm. And we know from first century literature that many slaves were those people that ran businesses. They ate and lived very well. They were highly respected. They were, uh, they were you know managers of things and and so it's not like they were all being whipped on plantations or something like that so which was a horrible thing yes it was a horrible thing and so reading through here uh, the way you put it with the exodus 21 passage was that slavery was kind of regulated and there were things like this principle we keep hearing about masters should think of their slaves as they think of christ as their master and all this right so is that the bible condoning the continuation of slavery is i think what the, the the bible did not demand that the social institution of slavery be abolished that that people rise up and rebel against slavery in fact <clears throat> we have a book in the new testament philemon mm-hmm. philemon was a member of the church at colossae and philemon philemon had a slave whose name was Onesimus. Onesimus stole from Philemon and ran away. And he encountered Paul. 
And Paul studied the Bible with him and converted him to Christ, and he became a brother in Christ. Yeah. And instead of saying, you're, you're free now, Onesimus, run away, Paul actually sent him back to his master yeah. and then appealed to the master to treat him now as a brother in Christ with kindness and respect, <clears throat> and he left it up to his master Philemon to show a Christian example by the way he dealt with this man, forgave this man, and treated him as a brother in Christ. Now, what did that involve? Philemon could have put him to death under yeah. Roman law. Oh, yeah. But Paul knew that that was not right, and Philemon knew that that was not right, and Paul was using this as an example for someone in a society that had slavery as part of its fabric, about half of the Roman Empire was slave, mm. half free. Yeah. So if you walk down the street, half the people you were rubbing shoulders with were slaves. Yeah. See? But that did not necessarily in that culture mean that they were abused and ill-treated. Many of them were treated very well. So um, I'm not defending I was today say, yeah. <laughs> that we should have the institution of slavery, but I'm trying to be honest with Scripture. Scripture seems to say that if there is a society mm -hmm. that has slavery, slavery as a social institution that is you know, ingrained in the society, that the Christian population should do the best that they can to live within that institution, both master and slave, and show an example of how to treat each other. Okay. So I think going back to the condone part or promote as the it's way... It's not promoting they... it in any way. Yeah. So, so the Bible, because I think this is something that gets tossed out as a negative against the Bible, yeah. especially because of the United States history with slavery and yeah. different things, is that the Bible was used to promote slavery and say that it was okay to keep it going and that Christianity backed slavery almost. Well, now, and it was used that way, but I'm saying, is the Bible, is that a fair use of the Bible scripture? No, the, 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 throughout history, and this was pretty interesting because even in the first century, you very well might have had Christian slaves and masters that were leaders in the same church. Hmm. Uh, if if you go to First Peter, and this is really a passage where okay. the church was coming into the regions of Pontus and Bithynia and Cappadocia around the Black Sea, and almost all of the population was pagan, hmm. and people were becoming Christians, both slaves and masters. Yeah. But if you'll start with First Peter two verse eighteen and read there a little bit. Okay. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. Uh-oh. Uh, so, for this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you are doing good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. And then it continues Keep on. Keep going. This is really important. Okay. When he reviled, he did not. No. When he was reviled. When he was reviled. What does that mean? 
when he was reviled. What does that mean? When he was hated, when he was spit upon. When reviled he was means people are saying horrible things to you. You yeah. worthless, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. All right. So what he's telling these slaves, these Christian slaves is, mm-hmm. are, is, you, you have a, a wonderful opportunity to present Christ in your behavior as a slave in a pagan household, even if you are mistreated. Because your powerful example of the lack of hatefulness, the lack of retaliation, uh, kindness, good service, no matter what, sets a wonderful example. And the idea was this would cause people to respect you and love you and wonder what was different about you. And it would draw people to Christ. But you'll notice that he's careful to, to say that within that institution... You use that as an opportunity. And of course, in the same uh, breath here, he, he talks in all of these letters about masters and how they are to be very unique in the way that they treat their slaves. Very good, very respectful, care for them, think about their needs mm-hmm. because they have a master in heaven. How would they want be yeah. want to be treated? And you might extrapolate from that. <clears throat> would you not want to be set free? Mm-hmm. Eventually, yeah. The Bible doesn't place that uh, as a requirement, but certainly requires the other. Now, some people are out there outraged. I'm just reporting what the Scripture says, and yeah. and so let's think it, of it this way. Let's say that our we become a Christian, and we happen to live in North Korea. Okay. Or we become a Christian, and we happen to live in China, or in Russia or in the war-torn part of the Ukraine or in Iran or someplace like that. Okay, so we're talking like oppressed population. We're talking about people of... that, that are living under despots. Okay. Uh, people who are mean rulers. Yeah. The Bible says to submit to those rulers and do the best to live under those regimes. It does not anywhere suggest that Christians can rise up and rebel and start a war against people. And I know that goes against the fabric of... American history. (laughs) But the Bible teaches that we show people by our behavior what Christianity is, regardless of the institution we happen to be in the middle of Mm. when Christ comes to us. A great passage that summarizes this is 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12, if you'll read that for us. Okay. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they can see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. All right, in other words, what's up with all these slaves who are Christians? They're the best workers. They're they're respectful. They're kind. What is wrong with these people? Mm. What's going on with these people? Yeah, I need some people like that. And you know, so what's up with these masters who all of a sudden are going overboard, being good to all the people that work with them? What's different about them? Well, they're Christians. What's up with this Christian? What's up with these? The women are talking in a circle, and they say. What's up with these men that have become Christians and the way they're treating their wives with such respect and kindness? And mm-hmm. is there something there that might interest me? 
or a man that has a wife that became a Christian. I've never seen my wife like this. She's kind and she's trying to be, you know, look after me like she yeah. never has before. Uh, she's taking care of our children. She, you know, I, everybody needs a wife like this. So the idea was that that behavior in a Christian, regardless of the cultural institutions that were prominent, would attract other people to say, maybe I need to be a Christian and then be drawn mm. to Christ. So at no point is the Bible saying, man, you really need to go out and get a slave. No. And it's not saying the government you know, or the Christians should promote and be part of slavery. They're just saying, if that's the institution you live in, here's how you should live. That's exactly right. Which is a general Christian principle across all these different yeah, relationships. Yeah, and it's hard for you even to say that last part, isn't it? But that's what the Bible says. It is. I don't like talking about slavery. No. It was awful. I, yeah, I don't like <laughs> it either. And but. it's, yeah, there's, I've even got like family history related to it. Everybody on, does. On both sides. Everybody you know, does. And, yeah. So it's not fun, and I think that's where when people read where we started, that Exodus 21 passage, or they read things like Philemon where all of a sudden he's sending a slave back. You know, Mm -hmm. he's not just setting him free. And then we see how those passages were misused. We start going... But see, the ultimate master of everyone, if we're a Christian, is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's Christ that, that regulates our behavior. Whether, and, and to put that in modern language, if you're an employer mm. or if you're an employee, see a lot of employees, they laze around, they take advantage, they, they don't do their job unless they have to, unless the boss is looking. A lot of employers may not treat their people well, uh, be very selfish, be, be very insensitive the way they treat their, pre, uh, their uh, people that work yeah. for them. This is the modern-day application in our society of these passages about slaves and masters. Because a lot of the workers are sort of like the slaves. It's not quite the same, but we get some application. There's definite similarity. Yeah. And that's through history you can see some institutions that may have resembled slavery without being slavery. You know, I'm thinking about like when you were living in a coal mining town or sort of thing where... You were very controlled by the company store and all those different things. Absolutely. Um, so it's it's not a fun subject, but I think that it's important for us to, one, call out and say the Bible didn't promote slavery as most of us picture slavery. Right. But it also you know, was very clear on the fact that it existed and here's how to live within it. That's it. Which is not fun. <laughs> Didn't say it was fun. <laughs> but these are supposed to be fun videos, Dan. Yeah. I know. Anyway. Say, if you if you put a question into this group right here, we we love you and we love all people, but we're just going to flat out get into the Bible and see what it says. And that's, I mean, I didn't write it. I'm just reporting on it. So. Yeah. And it will make us uncomfortable <laughs> sometimes. It does. Yeah. But I'm sure if there's follow-ups to this video or any of them in the past that we've done, we do welcome them. We're going to try to talk talk through them and be as honest and open with them as we can. There you go. So y'all have a good week. See ya. See ya. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.